Do you own a service business? If so, you may want to pay attention. Do you remember why you started that business in the first place? All the time and financial freedom you were going to have with your family and friends? Then you ended up wearing so many different hats in your business and the thought around growing the business means more time at work, less time with family and friends, and more headaches with employees. If that's you, we have the solution. It's a simple formula that works and it starts with structuring your business in a simple way that makes everything else easier. Finding and hiring the right people that actually help you grow the business and helping you implement the key things to make your whole team more efficient and effective. This is the Pivot Ready Business System by Birdflow. We've helped hundreds of small service businesses grow and become highly successful. Elevate your opportunities, profits, and time freedom. Visit www.bergflow.com slash podcast to claim your free video to learn more. You're just minutes away from learning how to transform your service business in your life. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is John with Under Pressure Podcast. Welcome back. You know what we do here. We're going to talk about all things under pressure and business. Today with me, I have a special guest. He reached out to me. Um, his name is Matt Smith. Matt, welcome to the show. So glad to have you. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, man. I'm so glad you found the podcast and I've, I've put it out there a couple of times for, for anyone and everyone out there to come on that, that business owners, leaders in, in service companies, uh, coaches, consultants, you know, anyone that can give value to business owners, to business leaders, I want them on the show. So I'm so grateful you reached out. I'm so excited for today's show. Uh, we're going to be talking success in business yep. and what that looks like and what that means. And I, I think Matt's got some really awesome, I've listened, he's got a podcast as well. I'm going to let him tell you about that, but I've gone on and listened to some of the snippets he's thrown out there and, and they're gold. So Matt, Tell tell our audience a little bit about you, man. Yeah, man. Starting uh, 10, 11 years ago, 2012-ish. Um, I'm in my very early 20s and I've got zero money. And uh, basically, I start a, a window cleaning slash pressure cleaning business here in Michigan. Nice. Uh, really no business experience. I know absolutely nothing. Zero. And uh, my whole family thought I was crazy. Like They all wanted me to go to college. Didn't do that. Um, and from a very early age, uh, I just knew that I was going to kind of follow the entrepreneurial path. Um, one of my best friend's dad was a huge entrepreneur, owned a restaurant, did tons of real estate and, um, just always growing up as a, a young kid, seventh, eighth, ninth grade. He always used to tell me, um, you know, there's, there's a, a, a different option than what everybody else is doing. And it's called being an entrepreneur. Um, and he always used to tell me this thing where, Hey, we, we work hard to make our money, but entrepreneurs learn how to make money work for them eventually. And so this is, you know, gosh, back in, this would have been probably, you know, early two thousands, I'm being told this and, um, uh, you know, 2004 or so. And this is a very strange conversation. Nobody's talking like this in my school. My teachers aren't having these conversations with me. And so right. from a, a, an early age, I'm like, I'm thinking different than everybody. Uh, and so, you know, 2012 comes around. I start my business called The Dirt Hunter. Uh, we're a pressure cleaning, window cleaning business. And, and I don't have any money, but all I know is I've got a lot of time. And yeah. so I'm just going to 
print some flyers and and start handing them out and seeing what happens. And and sure enough, slowly but surely, you know, I get a call here, I get a call there. My next flyer batch I put out, I change it up a little bit. And before you know it, now I got a couple bucks. Now I can buy door hangers and and now it's a little more professional. And now I can pay the guy to make me a real logo. And, and before you know it, you know, by the end of the first year, I've got all this stuff put together and and I'm learning this thing called business. Um, and for the next five or six years or so, uh, I put my head down, I, I took on a partner, um, and we grew that business to be very, very successful. Uh, and, and, you know, we can talk sales and marketing stuff later, but it's all because we became obsessed with learning how to market our company. Um, and, and from there, uh, you know, people at the conventions and stuff, they're like, Matt, how are you growing the business so fast? What are you doing? And I started helping guys just on the side, hundred percent free, uh, became until it became, like way too much of my time. Um, and that's kind of where serviceindustrycoach.com came, which is, you know, we do consulting and uh, marketing services for local home service businesses. Um, but kind of the funny turn of events was in 2019, I'm running my pressure cleaning business. I'm also helping people on the side with marketing stuff. And uh, me and my partner, we have this wooden flag in our office. And every time a customer walks in, they're like, hey, where'd you get that? How do I buy one? And for probably three or four years, we're just joking around. We're like, man, I bet we could sell these things online. Like we've ran Facebook ads. We've ran Google ads for home service businesses now, like super successful, but we've never done it for like a product. And so just kind of as like a passion product or passion project, rather, uh, we start this company called Brave American. And we have a goal. We're like, maybe we can sell, I don't know, like 300 products a year. So that'd be around one a day. And in our first year, we sold over 50,000 products. Um, and we took that business from zero to 5 million in the first 12 months. And so from there, like it, it had proven my, my theology of like the same things I did in my home service business. I applied to my marketing business. I applied to my e-commerce business and they all worked. And what I realized was for the most part, regardless of the industry people are in, when it comes to marketing, it's all the same. Yeah. And so that's kind of my background a little bit, man. I, I started with absolutely nothing. Um, I've sold tens of millions of dollars now in products and services, you know, over the last 10 or so years. And that's just kind of where I'm at. That's awesome, man. Uh, so yeah, phenomenal. It's so glad, I'm so glad that your dad was there to kind of give you that advice and tell you that thing. And, and you said something very important, you know, the, you said they weren't teaching me this in school, right? Mm. And, and that's a real conversation that I've had so many times. Uh, don't get me wrong. Uh, if anyone's listening out there and you're in school, please finish school, go to yeah. school, get your education, all that. Okay. That's fine. But there are things that aren't taught in school. They don't teach you, you know, I don't even know anymore. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm in my, you know, late forties here. I'm, yep. I'm, I'm encroaching on 50 going on here, but I remember you know, they didn't teach me how to balance books. They didn't teach me how to go out and 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 really strive to find what I wanted to do. They just mm -hmm. said, here's material that you have to learn for a test. Um, learn the material, take the test, pass the test. And, and that was the way things went. So yeah. there are very important life lessons that some people can get in other places. Sometimes it's in your family. Uh, school is very important. Education is very important but listen to those people who are going to come along beside you and mentor you uh, like a great father or a great friend or a mentor or a coach or whoever that is. That's, that's fantastic. Uh, 
so great job, man. That's phenomenal. Now I will say, if you guys haven't noticed something here, if you didn't pick up on it, if you don't have a guitar hanging on your wall, you're just, <laughs> you're just not cool. So it's go true. out. It's true, man. It, it's true. It's true. I, I noticed that as soon as we came on, I'm like, dude, this guy, I already like this guy because he's got a guitar hanging on his wall. Yep. Uh, and I do play the guitar. It's not just decoration. Um, <laughs> I'm the same okay. way. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I've got another one actually right here. Uh, so, so, all right. So you, you, you started a business, started successful. Uh, you start kind of helping people on the side, which is a great thing to do. Uh, if you know a bit about, if you're a business owner, you know what he's talking about because the people are going to come to you. They're going to ask you questions. And at some point it does become like, look, I, I can't, yeah. got to decide my time, right? You know, you got to have this balance. So good for you on really kudos on, on helping those, uh, those guys out. And, and, and even now still working and helping with the coaching, um, marketing is, you know, <laughs> it's something I expressed that I drew a buddy of mine on, uh, not long ago discussing marketing, uh, quite a bit. And I think it's great. It's so important. Um, so, Aside from like what your dad kind of kind of led you and steered you and, and, and put this bug in your ear and you know it, like what else? Why why else be an entrepreneur? You know, there's there's jobs out there that pay a lot of money with a lot less headache. So hmm. so why why the heck would you go and do that when you could just go do that, make the money for someone else, you make the money, and then you can walk away and not have the headache. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me be clear. Uh, majority of millionaires actually do work for somebody else. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's number one is like people a lot of times start their own business because they think it's the best way to get rich. And it's actually not, uh, you know, so many businesses go out of business every year, probably over 80%. I think it's at now. Um, yes. and so it's really, really challenging. And so I have this term that I use called a purebred entrepreneur. And I think it's what separates the people that are in it for their life versus the people that are in it for a season. And um, I would consider myself a purebred entrepreneur. What I mean by that is like, if I wasn't doing what I'm doing, whether I'm winning or losing, I would feel like I was suffocating. Yeah. And um, now don't get me wrong. There has been moments in time where I'm having a hard day or a hard week or a hard season. And I'm like, what am I doing with my life? But I always go back to, I would, I would not want to be doing anything else. And, um, I went to this, this business conference a couple months ago, uh, in St. Louis with Ed Milet and Andy Frisella and Ed Milet, if you guys know who he is, he's worth around $800 million. And he talked about the entrepreneurial roller coaster. And, um, he says, you know, before I was worth anything and I had just started my businesses, I was on this up and down roller coaster and it it's exhausting, right? It's, you're going up and you feel like you're on a high. And next thing you know, the next day you wake up and something terrible happens and you're at rock bottom. He said, when I, when I started, I thought when I got successful, that would stop. He's like, but what I realized is even now when I'm worth 800 million and my companies are doing God knows what, it's still the way it is. He says, but real entrepreneurs live for that and they thrive off of that high and that low. And I think that's what I've always been really good at is weathering those storms well um, where most people would have quit. And one thing I love, uh, Alex Ramosi always says is when things get hard, I always remind myself that this is when most people quit and why most people don't make it. And so 
I think, uh, I think the reason I'm in it, man, is just cause it's who I am. Yeah. I mean, like, and, and that's it. And I think it's, it's okay to not be that person. And I think that's a conversation a lot of people need to have. Cause I think people who aren't necessarily a, a quote unquote purebred entrepreneur nowadays are trying to fake it because being an entrepreneur is, you know, cool on the internet. Um, but there's absolutely nothing wrong with being a, a number two or number three guy in a company. Uh, so I think you just got to really know who you are as a person. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, thinking, thinking on that, there are a lot of people who have the talent, but maybe they just don't have that drive or even the desire, mm. you know, even the desire to own and operate a business. And they may feel pressure to do it because, because they have the know-how and, you know, we like to call them entrepreneurs. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and if you're a business owner, you want those people, right? Because they've got the knowledge, they got the know-how, um, they've got the talent, they got the drive. They simply don't want the headache yeah. of of the sleepless nights and all the things that an entrepreneur. And you're right. There, there's something to, and you know, there was there was. Uh, I, I love Ed Milet. I, I listen to a lot, a ton of podcasts. Um, I've listened to several and there's been discussions around uh, whether or not you're naturally born an entrepreneur mm. to be an entrepreneur, or if it's something that you can develop or grow into as a skill or yeah. um, whatever it is. And, you know, I've, and, and we don't have to have that debate here, but I have heard so many people debate that constantly back and forth. And I think it goes back to what you're talking about. If you're not, if you're not okay with the highs and the lows and the mids and, and everything in between the constant shift, the constant, um, <laughs> roller coaster, yeah. as Ed put it, um, then it, then it may not be for you because you can go and be very successful and you can go and, and make a ton of money and make others a ton of money yep. and, you know, have a phenomenal life and not have to deal with that roller coaster necessarily, at least on the side of the business end of it. For sure. Um, but I think if you like the challenge, if you, if you like roller coasters, <laughs> then, you know, guys jump right in, dive in and, and do your research, do your, and we'll, we'll talk more about this, um, this side of it. So what would you say was like when you first started out, um, you kind of did like this, this kind of choppy uh, layout of how that went. When you first began that and you started down that road, what do you think was your biggest challenge? Um, the biggest challenge was just like a lack of knowledge. Uh, and even more so was a lack of belief. I wasn't sure what was possible. I, I knew I had big dreams for myself, but because I was so new in business and I was so young and I had really nobody around me doing anything, um, out of the ordinary. I, I wasn't real sure what was possible. And just to kind of backtrack a minute, um, in my first year in business, I had this guy, you may have heard of him, Josh Latimer, reach out to me yeah. and, uh, Josh lived, uh, gosh, I don't know, half a mile away from me. We were actually competitors. Uh, and, and I remember where I was at, I'm driving down the highway. I get a phone call. And this guy's like, Hey, my name's Josh. I, I own a local cleaning business just like you. And, uh, I've seen your truck running around town. Would you want to grab lunch? And at that time, Josh wasn't real big. I think they were doing like maybe 300,000, but to me, dude, I'm like, 
that's crazy. Like how can somebody be doing $300,000 in window cleaning? And so I'm like, well, cool. I'm going to, I'm going to soak in as much as this guy will give me. So I would go to his office on days I'd, I didn't have jobs. Um, I would listen to how his office staff would answer the phones. The phones would be ringing off the hook. Uh, I would sit in his office with him, watch how he does certain things, how he runs team meetings. And, and now don't get me wrong. This is rare that a competitor would let somebody do this, but it's just the kind of guy he is. Um, and, and since then I've taken on many, many more mentors who have helped me get further and further and further, but me and Josh to this day are still good friends, but that allowed me to, uh, borrow belief from somebody who was doing what I was already doing or what I wanted to do rather. And yeah. so, you know, after that first year, he said, okay, cool. Year two, we're going to do a hundred grand sales. You're going to do a hundred thousand dollars. I'm like, that's impossible. He's like, dude, I'm telling you when you do it, you're going to be like, that was easy. And I think we did somewhere around like 150 K or something our second year. And, and he was right by the end of the year, I was like, Oh, that wasn't nearly as bad as I thought. But that whole time I was able to borrow belief from somebody who had done what I was trying to do. Um, and so I think for, in the beginning, it was just the belief thing. Like on the hard days, you're like, this isn't possible. But when you have somebody next to you who has done it, it's, uh, you can't ignore that. The only reason it's, it wouldn't happen is because you quit because they've already done it. Yes. Yeah. And, and that's, that's key. You say, you say in bar and that success and that's, that's very important. That's part of that mentorship. And, and man, I, that's exciting. I do know who you're talking about. Uh, I, uh, so I've done a lot of speaking at some of these conferences and yeah. things like that. I say a lot, I'm, I'm fairly new to the scene, but, um, doing some of the speaking at like the window cleaning yep. and I'm, I'm about to speak in, uh, October at the PWNA. Um, so looking forward to that and hearing all of these stories. And like you say, these guys who have been successful and, and, and step walked in those shoes. And I hear a lot of stories just like this as well yep. as in those settings when there's, I mean, there's just so many people around, and uh, hearing these guys and seeing that relation, that relationship between them where they're like, man, this guy's really like come alongside me. That's so important. That's so vital. And it's so awesome that um, that he did that for you. For sure. And, and, and that he allowed that. Uh, got some some buddies that uh, I recently met and we were in um, uh, Louisiana at a conference not too long ago, earlier in the year. And they're both in the lawn industry. Mm. Okay? So uh, they're they're competitors, and they they share a building. Yeah, <laughs> they, and they're they're like the best of friends, you know. Yep. But uh, they're right next door to each other. They're constantly going over and, and harassing one another and having a great time. But they're learning from one another. One's got a little more experience, uh, but man, they 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 eat it up. They love it, and I I think that's a that's such an awesome relationship to have. People are afraid of that, right? They're afraid yeah. it's like, oh, I can't talk, I can't hang out with you, I can't associate with you because you're my competitor. Why not? Why not yeah. learn from one another? Because somebody's going to get the business yeah. and someone's not going to like you, but they might like them. Why can't yeah. you pass that business along? And there's there's so much of that that should be taking place, but people are afraid of it. They shy away from it. Yeah, yeah, uh, they're, they're afraid of it. And uh what I've learned is there's so much work to be had out there. Um, it's silly not to be networking with people. Um, you know, and I'm not necessarily saying give all your secrets away or whatever, but the reality is sure. like we're running home service companies here. Like nothing, no service you're providing is like rocket science. So like 
even some of your worst competitors, they can probably do just as good of a job as you on the service itself. Now, like on all the other things I could, I could talk for six hours about how you could just destroy your competitors, but it would have nothing to do with doing the actual job. Um, and so I do think it's important to network. I mean, I run a six week, uh, business boot camp, and one of the guys in our boot camp right now, he is a local competitor of mine. And so like I'm coaching him on how to grow a big business. So yeah. uh, it's just not scary. Yeah. You know I mean, like, yeah. I, like the guys that are scared are just, they don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. You, you kind of touched on something else. Um, you know, you, you were saying, Oh, $300,000, no way. Like how's, how's he doing that? And you hear that a lot too. Like, people come into it and that, you know, when you first getting started, I'm hearing these guys and they're like, man, if I could just make it 50,000, if I could just make it to a hundred thousand. And I always think back to, uh, do you know who Roger, Roger Bannister is? No. So, uh, the, the, he was the man who first ran the four minute mile. Okay. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah, so this is back in like 1954. No one had ever done it. They said it was scientifically impossible. Yep. You know, all these things. No one had broken that that barrier, right? And this guy, there's nothing special about this guy, right? He's yeah. just this lanky guy going to college and he's he starts going out and he's running and he's running and he's running and he's, running and he's doing it in, mid, in between like all of these things he's got going on in his yep. life. And it takes him several times, many times to try, but he finally breaks the barrier. Finally breaks this four minute mile. Yeah. And, you know, all of these people, all the critics, all the ones who said it wasn't possible. And that, that's what that makes me think of Yeah, is we have, we put we limit ourselves and it's until it's done until you see it until it's proven or someone, we, we put ourselves in these containers and these boxes Yep, and we are the problem. We are the limiting factor. And just like this, he said, no, I, I'm going to do this. And he did it. And then I'm sure you can guess what happened immediately after that. Yeah. A bunch of people, a, started lot, breaking a it. lot of people started breaking it because they're like, oh, this isn't impossible. Yep. So it's, it's that mental fog. It's that we have this block. We always, you know, we all put these blocks and these blinders on and we have these beliefs that we can't do it. We see someone else. And then we begin to realize that, that, that that's possible. Yeah. Um, and, and it's amazing that, that you know, how, <laughs> how we can, we can transform as individuals, as entrepreneurs, we can transform our business and our lives. Yeah. But guess what that's going to take? That's going to take, it may take you having a conversation with somebody. It may take you having a conversation with the competition. Yeah. Um, or someone else who knows, who has the experience, who has the knowledge and can encourage you and get you there. Yep. Yep. For sure. So that that's it was when you were saying that, that's that story that was running through my mind of like, oh, I can't, I can't do this, but you can, you can, it's done. It's been done. And there are companies, that's the other side of this is I'm talking to companies a lot and, you know, they're like, Hey, um, I'm at, I'm, I, you know, well, I've been at this for 20 years yeah. and I'm at, you know, I'm $250,000. Like, yeah, you know, it doesn't get any better. And I'm like, wait a minute, 25 years. Are you, are you comfortable with that? And if you are, that's fantastic. But you do know that the people are doing the same thing you're doing and they're doing 10 million yeah, and, and 15 million and yep. 20 million. 
is there a reason are, are you just you just don't want to get there and and it's legit if people don't but i think sometimes people have to admit to themselves not to me or to yeah. you or to anyone else but admit to themselves am i content with this and where i'm at today and do i actually want to push myself a little further and yeah. maybe that's the difference between that entrepreneurial spirit and and driving forward more versus self-employment. Yeah. And I'll tell a quick story. I don't want to bore the audience, but it might bring some clarity to this a little bit. Um, and this is now something that I teach all of my people. I was like, when I was young, dude, it was like, I want to build the biggest business possible. I don't care. Like hundred million dollars, whatever it is, like whatever my full potential is, that is like, I am after that with zero clue what I'm even saying. Right. But like in my head that that's my mindset. And I have that mindset because I'm listening to all these big podcasts and these guys have $500 million companies and like, well, that's what I want. And so, um, when we started our, our e-commerce business that first year, I remember we, we profited a million dollars. I tell the story a lot. Um, so this is like after tax, after everything, like I could pull a million dollars out of my bank account cash. It's mine to keep. And you know, that's a lot of money. And mm -hmm. I remember when my uh, business partner texted me one day, he said, look at the bank account. And I looked at it and we had over a million bucks in there for the first time ever. And I, I was driving down the highway and I look at it and I felt nothing. I mean, zero. And it freaked me out because I was like, oh shoot, man. Like if this doesn't get me excited, then what, then why am I, why, what am I doing? Because like th this is too hard. And so it was that day that I realized like, owning the $500 million company for me, it, it wouldn't have done anything to improve my happiness because the things that I deem happy for myself uh, or that bring me happiness rather don't require that type of lifestyle or business. And so everything now that I teach people is what is it that you want? Yes. It, it's okay to own a, a $250,000 business if you can reverse engineer your goals and that, that fits your lifestyle. Yes. Um, so for me now, I know exactly what it is that I want, not that Ed Milet wants or what Andy Priscilla wants, what Matt Smith wants. And I know how much money each year I have to make in order to live that life. And it's not a $500 million company. It's not a hundred million dollar company. And so now I know who I am and what my true path is and what's going to actually make me happy. And now I get to run businesses because not for the money side of things, but because I actually enjoy growing things. Um, and I don't have the stress of growing this big ginormous thing that would have never served me in the first place because my happiness uh, doesn't require that. And so I think that's a, that's a really big like thing that conversation we need to start having with people is like, I think people feel embarrassed if they, right. they don't want to have the, the big business. Um, and I think as long as the reason you don't want the big business is because you know, that's not going to make you happy. I think that's totally, that's totally fine. Absolutely. Yeah. And those are exactly the conversations I've had. There is this, and, and, and I think because of social media and, yep. um, you know, just the, the amount of marketing, obviously if anyone's out there and you're still cold calling, you know what that goes like. Uh, not, not that it, it can't work in some form or fashion, but, um, 
you're picking up the phone. Now there's, you know, there's people blocking you at every angle there. You got to leave a message. No one wants to talk on the phone. So the marketing thing is just, it's exploding, which is, you know, fantastic as far as digital marketing and, yeah. and social media marketing and all these things. And it's really seems to be putting this pressure, like you're saying on people who are probably, and may be perfectly content with the business or the life that they have Yeah. to, Suddenly like, well, I've got to, I got to do more. I got to do more. And there's nothing wrong with that. If it's, it's coming from you, Yeah. but if it's external and that's all it is, then you're correct. That's absolutely like, don't give into the pressure just because it's telling you you're not successful if you don't achieve this. Yeah. But if you're limiting yourself because of your own limiting beliefs and you believe you can't achieve greater Yep. Then break that, break that crap, get it out of here and go achieve it. If that's what you've really set yourself out, because I think the, also on the other side of the coin is you have people who, aside from the pressure of like trying to grow, even though they may not want to, you have the people who want to grow, but the, the limits they're limiting themselves. And yep. so they're, they are holding themselves back thinking, well, I'm content. I don't want to mess this up and I'm guilty. Yeah. Me, I'm personally guilty. I've got coaches in my life because I'm guilty of the risk factor. So mm. for me, although you may not know this, but I, I'm retired law enforcement. Okay. So I was SWAT. Uh, I was, I was specialized units um, and all these things that I did literally risking my life, kicking yeah. the doors, gunfights, all these things that, that I was involved in where there's actual risk of loss of life. Yep. Um, I didn't think, think twice about yep. never in, you know, if I, I would happily step in front of anyone to, to save their life or do whatever. doesn't even, I don't flinch. It doesn't bother me one bit, but now you, you tell me I'm going to risk my finances and my security yeah. And, and things like that. And that's where I begin to get a little, a little sweaty yeah. and, you know, and I have to really drive myself and I feel like there's a lot of people that are that way. And so I have to personally, for me, I have to have coaches in my life to say, Hey, you know, slap me upside the head once in a while, like sometimes physically yeah. um, and say, listen to me, stop thinking that way. Stop yeah. limiting yourself and, you know, what, what are you afraid of? What's the fear actually, you know, it's not yep. going to kill you. You did more than this way more harder stuff than this. than when you were doing that job, now you're out here taking risks. What's the big deal? Yeah. Are you going to die? Is it, right. you know, what is going to happen here? And so I feel like we should steer this in this direction of what does that look like? What does it mean to, to have someone actually come alongside you and not just, not just the conversation with um, maybe a competitor or yeah. your, your neighbor or your dad, or what about, what's this idea of coaching? Like, cause I know you said you, that you've got a coaching company and, and Bergflow, we, we coach as well. Let's discuss this idea of actually coaching when maybe you don't have those people directly in your life that can influence you in that way, or, or maybe they're not willing to do that. Yeah. Well, first off, I think uh, coaching or consulting has a bad rap to it. 
because there are a lot of people out there for being honest that run quote unquote coaching businesses, but have never actually built something. Um, so, you know, I can feel very confident in my ability to help people do what I've already done because I've already done it. And I know it works. Uh, we've, we've implemented our system into hundreds of businesses across the country at this point. But for me, like in every single business I've ever owned, I've hired coaches to help me get through, um, blocking points that I wasn't able to figure out on my own or spots where I knew it would take me far longer and cost me more money by trying to learn it by myself rather than, uh, paying somebody to teach me how they did it. And so, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, a coaching program. I don't know. It's just, you use a round number. It's a thousand dollars. I'm not spending a thousand dollars on a coach. It's like, well, you're going to spend $10,000 learning it by yourself. And so I've always had that mindset in every business I've owned. And I think that's why every company I've owned has scaled at a rapid rate. Like, like every business has scaled faster than the previous one because I know so much more. And because I've hired people to teach me those things ahead of time. Um, you know, and so in our, our e-commerce business, I paid a guy tens of thousands of dollars to teach us how to run these specific Facebook ads to run this thing called free plus shipping. And we were doing it and we were acquiring 50 customers a day. And I kid you not, after the first month of, of him, we started acquiring four to 500 customers a day. And it would have taken me probably at least two years to learn how to do that. Something that I learned in a month. Now, did it cost me 10 grand? Yes. But because I was able to learn it so much faster, it actually was a lot cheaper to go that route than to learn it on my own. And so I think people have to get over this mindset of that they're wasting money. Um, if you feel confident in the person that you're learning from and the person you're learning from has a, a track record that they've actually done what they're teaching, it would be silly for you not to learn from that person and spend money on it. Yeah, absolutely. That That's like, I, I think of it as um, what I, what I rather pay to walk across the bridge. If I'm going across a gorge, would I be willing to pay 25 bucks or a hundred bucks or 500 bucks to walk across that bridge and get to the other side, continue on my journey? Or am I going to climb down to the bottom, swim this raging turret, climb back up and say that I did it for free? How much time am I going to lose? And it's just that concept of, like you said, there are people who know, there are people who have experienced, who've been through it, who have the knowledge, they've applied it. It's there in front of them. They, they've got it written down. They've got processes for it. Um, take advantage of, you know, and, and, you know, this, this podcast isn't, we're not pushing you to, to come onto bird flow or join Matt still. It doesn't matter. Find something that works for you. Like Matt just said, you're out there, you're listening to this. You're like, man, I've heard this. I've heard this. There's coaching program. Yeah. They're, they're all over the place. Yep. But talk to your friends, talk to other entrepreneurs, find someone that they've used that they believe in. Um, if, if you know someone, just talk to a few people, talk to us, talk, talk to, talk to us at Birdflow. talk to Matt, what are your needs? And then find that niche because, it's, it's going to be applicable to you and your business and your life. And it's not just, there's also this accountability side of it. So it's not just the knowledge of, Hey, avoid this pitfall. Yeah. It's also someone sending you a message and saying, Hey, where are you at on your mission? Yeah. Where's, have you got your, have you got your, uh, culture lined out yet? Yeah. Have you had those meetings? Are you having your meetings? There's this accountability side to it. 
that is, you know, they're going to be checking on you because we all know we get, <laughs> I'm just as guilty as anyone. You want to, you want to talk about something? I'm doing something called right now. Uh, you heard of the Matt, you heard of the 75 hard. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, I'm currently in a community, a mastermind, and we are doing um, something called the 76 harder. So everything's just one more. Okay. <laughs> so it's a 75 hard, but it's 76 harder. But here's the thing. If if it's just me, if I decide I'm going to do that, guess yeah. what? Uh, may, maybe day 13. Yeah. I decide I'm going to slip out and I'm going to go and I'm, I'm just going to cheat. Nobody knows. It's okay. Yeah. I'm not going to follow through with it. And then I'll just pick right back up and nobody will know. Right. Well, that's one thing if it's just me, but when you're talking about your business and you're talking about your life as well, and your the well-being of your family and all of these other things that, and employees, yep. now there's this trickle effect. Yeah. And so the moment you're not being accountable to these things, that you should be working on your business instead of in your business constantly. That's what you're looking at. This accountability of, am I doing it? Who's holding me accountable? Yeah. And what is that going to do for me? What are your thoughts around accountability? It's huge. You know, I, I mentioned our six week boot camp. Um, just real brief. Like we have a private Facebook group. We only take on 10 people at a time. Uh, so those 10 people become super close, which is really good for just like being surrounded with like-minded people. Um, we do one-on-one -on -one calls every week and then we do a group call with a, a guest who's built a seven or eight figure business. And it's, it's funny because the people around 60 or 70% of the people renew after the six weeks and the one core reason they renew, um, yes, everything they learn is really powerful, but it's because I'm holding their feet to the fire every single week and they have to get the things done that I'm telling them they have to get done that week. And because that, they actually start to see the needle in their mo their business move, um, which they haven't seen in a long time. And so it's the accountability, man. Like everybody, they, people would be lying if they, they said that, oh, I, I have zero problem with holding myself accountable. Um, we all have this little voice in our head that tells us you can take the day off or, or that can wait till tomorrow or whatever the case is. Um, now I do, I do think some people are, are better than others at this, but at the end of the day, like we all need to be held accountable to some degree. And that's where being surrounded with like-minded people is so powerful. Um, that's, that's where having a, a coach who works with you on a weekly basis is so powerful because those people make you want to be better. Like if you have a circle of friends and every time you hang out with that group of friends, if you don't feel like you want to be better, if you don't feel motivated, if you don't feel like you want to be the best version of yourself, you need to go get new friends. Yes. Um, you know, the same goes for your, your coach. If you're being coached by somebody and you don't leave those conversations feeling fired up, motivated, excited, then it's probably not a good fit for you. And so accountability is huge, dude. It's, it's everything because the reality is, is like what we do in our service companies is not hard. You just have to do it for a long time, every single day consistently, and it's impossible not to win. So, um, I'm a, I'm a huge believer in accountability. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks for that, man. Know that, and and you're throwing some other nuggets out here. You know, uh, this concept of the uh, the law of averages, right? You you kind of touched on it a little bit there. Yeah. Um. You know, you are the makeup. You are the average of the five people that you're you're hanging around and you're having having conversations with and and that are closest to you. And and that means friends or family or whoever it is. 
they're influencing you and you can actually go in and take a look at this average of yeah. who are you, who are you having? And it doesn't mean turn everyone away in your life that because family is family and, and things like that. But being around those like-minded people, getting in the rooms where you're not at the top, you know, I want to be in rooms where I'm the low dog. Yeah. I want to be in rooms where I have the, the smallest bank account personally. Yeah. And, and why is that? Because they're going to tell me things that I don't know. Yeah. They're going to influence me in ways that I can't influence myself possibly. Yeah. And there's also this accountability thing. I mean, even in those rooms, they're going to be looking at me and asking me questions and, and confronting me with tough things that I am not going to get anywhere else. Yeah. But if I'm the one up here, if I'm at the top, if I'm, I'm seated on the throne up here and I don't ever put myself in, then what's the challenge? What's right. challenging me? What's pushing me? What's driving me? Um, we're actually having this CEO catalyst event coming up uh, at Maris Adventure Park. And it's, it's um, in October uh, and it's like four days, three nights of like jeeping and yeah. like, caving and hiking and, you know, we got cabins and it's, it's, it's going to be an awesome campfires and eating outside, but it's specific for CEOs. Oh, that's cool. For that reason, for them to come and have these conversations around a fire yeah, or in a Jeep when you're, you know, you're going over something extreme and I've been to two of these things and it's those type of, of situations where so many things come to life and yeah. you can't have those conversations really anywhere else yep. uh, without surrounding yourself with those people who have that drive and have that ambition and, and are thinking that way to challenge you in new ways. And you can challenge them in those other ways. Yeah. That's huge, dude. I mean, yeah, yeah. the the one hack in, in business, in my opinion, is, uh, is literally just finding people who have done what you're trying to do and surround yourself with like-minded people who are doing bigger things than you. And honestly, it's probably like the one thing I've done really, really well. And it's just nice. because I, I've seen the importance of it since really day one. Um, so I'm right there with you on that. Fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, Matt, this has been phenomenal. I always like to kind of wrap this up with some, some shoulds and some shouldn'ts. <laughs> so okay. I've, I've got a couple questions for you here. All right. There's a lot of my audience, I, I think that that I've talked to and that have they send me some stuff now and then, and there seems to be a lot of younger entrepreneurs, uh, business owners that are coming in and they're listening and they're they're picking up every mm -hmm. piece that they can on this stuff. And so I always try to wrap up with like a as early as possible, um, a should do. So we'll start with that, like. If you had, if you, if all you could throw out was one thing that was the, one of the most important should do's as early as possible in someone's entrepreneurial experience, yeah. what would that be? Um, the only thing somebody needs to focus on, especially early on, is generating sales in their business. Uh, having sales, everything else is solvable. Um, the only time a business problem isn't solvable is when you have no sales coming in. And so for the first couple of years, like I, I don't care if it's a little bit messy, I want massive lead flow coming in. Yeah. 
and, and building our customer list. So like that is the only focus, um, is, is sales. Sales. Awesome. Love it. That's first time someone said that actually. And, uh, I think, I think there's definitely something to that. You don't have much of a business if you don't have leads coming in and you do not have clients. <laughs> so, uh, that's, that's where the money flows at, right? For sure. Uh, so the second thing I ask is like, should avoid what early as early as possible. This, this, what should they avoid as early as they can to save them this pitfall that you think, uh, that that's really going to be tough to climb out of. I think some people try to overcomplicate their businesses. Um, and I think especially in the home service niche, like the business is very simplified. Uh, we have to learn how to acquire new customers, which means we have to learn how to market and get customers. We have to learn how to service the customers well, and we have to learn how to get those customers to repeat. Those are the only things we're focused on. And so everyone's so obsessed with, with this piece of equipment or this new software, or this new whatever. Um, I'm here to tell you, like, there are things that are awesome that can help automate the business, but those are not the things that are going to deem you successful or not. The things that are going to deem you successful is whether or not you know how to get customers, do a good job and get them to repeat. That's it. So I think people overcomplicate their businesses and I think they do it because it's a little bit of a distraction from what they know they actually need to be doing. Um, and so just putting your head down and doing the things, you know, actually need to get done that actually make a difference. Nice. No, that's, that's also awesome. I, I, uh, and, and I know you probably go to them as well, the, the conferences, the trade shows and, I see everybody running around grabbing up the new shiny toys and yeah. buying all the new stuff, which is great. It's, there's nothing wrong with that if you guys are doing that. But also, uh, and I've, I've spoken about this before, uh, getting that distraction of the new stuff that you don't even really need at this point because yeah. you and you nailed it. Um, the customer service, these guys don't care if you show up in a 1985 Chevy square body truck that is rusty with a magnetic strip on the side that, that has your company logo and a t-shirt. Uh, if you do a phenomenal job on their windows or a phenomenal job on their driveway or clean their house wonderfully, or do a great job on their lawn, whatever it is, and your customer service and you're friendly and all of the things line up, that's what they want. And, and it's okay to have the wraps and have the shiny stuff and have all the those things, but it's not the focus. The focus should be exactly what you said. Yeah. And part of that is that customer service and repeats. And you can have all those things, all the shininess and all the new toys and all the phenomenal yep. stuff. And if, if you go and do a crappy job, you're not coming back. Yeah. And yeah. if people are leaving, you know, you got employees leaving cigarette butts and they're rude and they're, they don't care and they're stepping on flowers or doing whatever you're not coming back and that's not repeat and that's not business. So that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Yeah, man, Matt, go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to say, uh, our, one of our first work trucks was like an early nineties Sonoma. Um, <laughs> and, and we put a wrap on it and like, did it look amazing? No, but like it was presentable <laughs> and it like showed our brand and, um, but like our phone always gets answered. Like we don't miss calls. Uh, we give quotes within 24 hours. You can communicate with our company whenever you want. Somebody will pick up the phone. Like our, our employees are awesome. Um, you're never going to have people that smell like smoke coming into your house. Like all these little things that people 
could really bark on a company for are the things that we focused on making good. And so like, I'll be honest, some of these guys run 40 or $50,000 pressure cleaning trailers. Like we don't do that. And we're the biggest pressure cleaning company in the area. And, um, it's just, it's just funny what people tend to focus on and, and deem important. Meanwhile, typically the people that deem things like equipment being the most important thing have very small businesses. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's where most of their money's going is, is to pay for that equipment to, and some of it not even being used. So, yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> no, fantastic. Matt, thank you so much for coming on. This is, uh, it's been enlightening for me. It's, it's, uh, I can't tell you enough. Uh, I, I just love a great conversation, especially when it comes to helping. And that's why we do this podcast, yep. helping these guys and gals out here who are, are trying to operate, trying to lead, they're, they're putting their heart and souls into their businesses. They're wanting to grow or they're wanting to even just improve upon what they're doing. Yeah. And if we can just add little pieces to help them along, that's what we're here for. So uh, Matt, t tell them where to find you. If they want to contact you and, and maybe have a, another conversation or look into your coaching or maybe yep. even if they want to uh, talk to you about them, you coming out and, and doing some pressure washing for them. Yeah, we, uh, <laughs> we, uh, you can find me at serviceindustrycoach.com. I also run a podcast called the service industry podcast. Uh, we have 170 episodes on there, so you can binge for days. Um, nice. tons of, tons of really, really good content on there. YouTube service industry, uh, service industry coach. So, um, I'm all over the place and I would be honored to, to help you guys and, you know, feel free to shoot me an email. My, uh, my info is always in the show notes on the podcast. So awesome. Uh, go out, check out Matt's stuff. I've listened to some of his, he's got some great stuff there. Uh, thanks again, Matt, for coming on and yeah, uh, so excited for everyone to listen to this. If, uh, remember everyone, if you're listening here, make sure you go on hit like hit subscribe, uh, follow us. Yep. Uh, tell your friends about it. Also go on and check out Matt's and follow his, all we're trying to do is give him, this is free. We don't, we don't get paid to, to come on and do this. Uh, this is free information for you guys. And it's, it's just something for you to, to go out and get information. And then if you want to seek more, we're happy to help you with that. So um, I, can't, I can't thank you enough, man. Anyway, everyone out there listening, thanks for tuning in to Under Pressure Podcast, where we talk about all things business that's under pressure. Enjoy your day. Thanks, man.